For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Cousin Connection Podcast. Podcast. Hey. <laughs> As you can see, we there are more of us today. Um, mm-hmm. We have my cousin Anwar. And we have my other cousin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we have a special guest today. We have two special guests. We have Anwar and Ahmed. Ibrahim. Ahmed. Ibrahim. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, people call me Ahmed, too. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we gotta, <laughs> I, I'm only slightly offended. <laughs> I'm so sorry. In my head, I'm like, I have your na- your full name in my head. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? That's that's the problem of having two first names, you know, like a, a last name as a first <laughs> mm-hmm. name, you know? Yeah, don't yeah. worry. I can relate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to travel. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry about that. So, Ibrahim and Anwar are our special guests. Um, this week, I'm actually really excited for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I put out a post a couple weeks ago on Instagram to see if any of our male followers wanted to join um, to give their input on a specific topic. So, this week, we're going to be covering men's uh, mental health specifically in uh like you know people of color and in the islamic community because it's such a like a taboo topic that Mm -hmm. not that many people like mental health in general is already taboo as it is but especially in within like the the men i feel like you know we're trying to create a safe space for y'all so Mm -hmm. um yeah we wanted to do this episode and i'm so happy that we have uh the two guys here today to kind of weigh in on uh, some of the topics that we brought up. So, mm-hmm. um, as always, we already have a list of things that we wanted to cover, and um, the the guys will will weigh in and kind of share their perspective. So, um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Yeah. So let's get started. Um, so I think the first thing we should do is like kind of get a little background on both of our guests here. Yeah. So who wants to go first? You know, Ibrahim, Anwar. You know what? Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, let's go alphabetically. Anwar. So give us a little background. Also, give us maybe um, uh, an idea of why you volunteered yourself for this, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's good. Um, Yeah, so like Sara said, I'm her cousin. Um, Kind of cousins with Amir, but grew up Uh, together. You know, we we basically grew up together. So, you know, know, we're all Um, cousins. I'm the link. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but basically, um, I saw Sara's post, and I think... Mental health is not discussed enough in general, but mm-hmm. definitely amongst Muslims and men of color, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. of color in general. Um, so to kind of shed some light on that uh, mm-hmm. would be an interesting conversation. Definitely. Cool. And um, Ibrahim, let's get a little background on you there. I know that uh, <laughs> you, you might have not have uh, explicitly uh volunteer but you know we were volunteered <laughs> by some family members alhamdulillah and uh but yeah, yeah it's good that you were on good to be on board with it so uh just let us know a little about a little bit about yourself for sure uh first of all jazakallah khair guys for this beautiful opportunity i think it's mm-hmm. awesome i i'm always like excited to participate in any initiatives that are done in the muslim community when it comes to mental health 
so uh, I'm super stoked for this conversation. Um, otherwise, a bit more about myself. Uh, I'm a certified addictions counselor in uh, Montreal. So uh, I work uh, specifically in preventions, a little bit in rehabilitation. So prevention is like how to prevent somebody from developing an addiction. So um, uh, I work in high schools, uh, different English high schools here in Montreal. Um, I'm like a workshop facilitator. So we visit different high schools every week and we just do workshops on uh, addictions prevention. So we can talk about things like drugs and alcohol. Uh, we can talk about uh uh, pornography addiction, other behavioral addictions as well. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have activities that kind of like increase the youth uh, protective factors. We call them protective factors. Uh, so sometimes we can have conversations that are not specifically on addictions, but that, that are on things that can like um, help protect youth from developing mm -hmm. an addiction, you know, mm -hmm. such as like uh, safe spaces for young young men. We have a program uh, that I'm running, uh, just finished working on it. It's called uh, The Way of the Gentleman. So it's in, uh, it's like a, a, a boys only kind of like group um, and safe space where they can talk about a bit about like, you know, the things that they're going through in their lives. Um, and sometimes, of course, that touch, touches on addictions as well, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's a bit about more about the, the work that I do in mental health and specifically in addictions prevention. That's okay. really cool. Yeah, it's really good. That's a lot more than even I expected. I okay, know. Like, I know you kind of gave us a <laughs> gist um, mm -hmm. through emailing and stuff. Uh, but but that's really, like, that's impressive. Mashallah. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we have uh, a lot to kind of cover today. So, um, I don't know if you guys have seen that show on Netflix called 20-somethings. 20 something no i haven't gotten to that i haven't watched it no so it's sort of like have you ever heard of the show the real world on mtv yeah mm -hmm. where they have like a bunch of strangers they like put them in a house and they're expected to basically live with a bunch of strangers and it's sort of supposed to be like an experience you're finding yourself they're mm -hmm. they're usually mm -hmm. you know early 20s mid 20s um so this is sort of like the same sort of concept but i guess through netflix mm -hmm. um and each uh, person they they all you know, they had like a guy's house and a girl's house, but they were right next to each other. And um, each individual on the show, they were going through their own, um, I guess, their own journey. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the girls, I actually like really resonated with her because she was talking about how not that not that I this I don't relate to this part in particular, but she comes from a really strict uh, household where they pretty much just she had no freedom. Mm -hmm. And so this was her first time being out on her own. And she wanted to experience that little bit of independence, which is like related to what we were talking about last week in our episode. Um, and they were they lived in this house for about three months. And um, by the end of it, she decided that she was going to move out of her parents' house mm -hmm. and stay in the city that she like this in the, where the film, the, the show was filmed. Um, and so, you know, her biggest thing or the, the biggest lesson that she learned was. Um, she finally left her comfort zone and in in being uncomfortable that became her new comfort zone like mm -hmm. she really thrived in this whole new environment of being on her own without her parents having to find a job making new friends um and so you know that was something that i wanted to 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 bring up in relation to last week's episode i'm, I'm i don't know why i didn't bring it up last week no, that's all good <laughs> figured out we'll just bring it up now just to talk about it yeah so if you haven't seen that show you guys should check it out because it's really good but mm -hmm. um 
I related to that character, but there are other like there were guys that were going through a lot and they learned how to they they I don't know, maybe it's just something about like being away from your parents and just being mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of people that are similar to your age that you're going through the same sort of experience that brings out certain emotions. Well, like um I guess from the mental health aspect of that, it's um I guess, I think a lot of guys are kind of scared of branching out and trying something new. Or not only that, but just um, we're we're expected to do a lot of the more traditional things Mm -hmm. and follow that traditional path. And I feel like that can lead to a lot of anxiety and like feeling like if you don't live up to those expectations of what your family has for you, Mm -hmm. then you're a failure as a person. Um, I don't know if either of you, Anwar or Ibrahim, if you guys have had those feelings or actually seen people or or worked with people who have had those experiences. So whichever wants to, if you want to have any experiences similar to that or Ibrahim, you've ever in, uh, been in contact with people like that and maybe um, done anything to kind of get ahead of it before it leads to something even darker or worse. Uh, I'd like to hear your guys' opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, counseled, uh, there's a specific, you know, client that came to mind. He was struggling with uh, pornography addiction. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just after you mentioned that, I immediately remembered because like the way that he was raised was very similar you know like um it was like uh very like specific expectations that were set you know Mm -hmm. and um he's maybe you know like in his mid-20s but it's like the the role that his parents play in his life it's like very controlling you know so he's not able to get like he doesn't really have a sense of freedom or independence you know Mm -hmm. his parents are really involved um and so like the only way he can kind of like you know, have a bit of freedom or, or relax a little bit is through that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's something that I see a lot, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in the Muslim community. Yeah. So you so. see that a lot of people, uh, because they have this like pent up uh, feeling of like, I don't know, like they're being like every, every aspect of their life is con- controlled and kind of set up for them. Mm-hmm. So in order to feel some type of freedom, they maybe turn to something that might be negative or a negative influence in their life. Exactly. Yeah. They won't like in his own words, he said like uh, he, he, that he wouldn't rebel outwardly, but this mm-hmm. is a type of rebellion that mm-hmm. he would have, you know? So it's a, it's some type of way of like maintaining his independence that is mm-hmm. covert, you know? Yeah. And Anwar, have you ever felt those kind of pressures in your own life? Um, I think a lot of the time too, like with the way we're raised culturally, mm-hmm. um, especially as like for men, they'll tell you exactly how you should be, how you mm-hmm. should act. Um, you know, go to school, get a job, have a family, take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are going through anything where you feel like, oh, I want to share how I feel, mm-hmm. your parents never really taught you, oh, you come talk to me, mm-hmm. um, let's share our feelings. Because your parents won't share their feelings, right? right. Yeah. Um, if they have stress, they'll tell you, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Just, just focus pray. on school. Yeah, just yeah. pray. <laughs> yeah. So when it's your turn, it's like, who are you going to speak to, right? If you have siblings, maybe with them, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're more taught to share how we feel through school yeah, rather mm. than the way our parents are. And that's not like their fault, but, mm-hmm. you know, um, that can only help you so much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. do need to seek help if you need it. You know, what's interesting is I, you know, coming from a woman's perspective, like you guys know um, in, in a lot of cultures, 
there's so much pressure and expectation set on us at a young age like you have to like there's a very specific order and timeline of what we need to accomplish in our lives to be seen as successful so it's interesting that you guys have that exact same that exact same timeline but it you know from from my perspective like even looking at like these two both of them are my cousins and i i see the way that they are treated or talked to by all of our aunts versus like how um myself and their sisters who were all cousins like you know the the difference between us mm -hmm. it always seems like from my perspective like they have it so easy you guys have it so easy you're chilling mm -hmm. and we're mm -hmm. here like all right you know the time's ticking we gotta figure our, mm -hmm. our life out so um and then the other point that you mentioned about um how our parents didn't teach us to be open with our feelings and talk about our feelings it's because they didn't learn that either mm -hmm. um you know a lot of our parents they i think in in harari culture and in, in many cultures talking about your feelings talking about um your your troubles your stresses all of those things are considered taboo like we were raised to never ever expose yourself like mm -hmm. you get covid don't talk about it don't tell anyone you you go to the hospital don't tell anyone just say you're sick like mm -hmm. why is everything so like you got to tiptoe around it like we're not perfect well, yeah i think like maybe uh you've probably seen this a lot and i don't know you might be, agree with this maybe this is what you're trying to get at but i think the biggest issue at least in maybe the muslim com community or any type of immigrant community is that men are not really taught to be vulnerable and we but lack why? the ability to be vulnerable at all like that's not a muscle that we know how to flex at all yeah, yeah. and unfortunately <laughs> it like manifests itself in so many other things it creates toxic yeah. men Mm -hmm. no offense <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no that's true but you know what like part of like part of the work that, that i do like the mm -hmm. philosophy of the organization i work with is yeah. that we lead with our vulnerability you know we lead with so when i actually go to when we have those those groups and conversations with young men it's not like hierarchical where i'm there just dispensing wisdom you know it's like mm -hmm. no like i talk a lot about what was my experiences in high school mm -hmm. you know um my parents going through divorce my my family situation at home um you know like just everything that was going on at that time you know and it's more like about relating and and then like sharing what worked for me and the tools that worked for me along the way as opposed to like and i i feel like this type of mentorship is kind of missing but i was lucky enough to have to have experienced it and it was people outside of the muslim community mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. for the first time in my life telling me well first of all listening to what i was going through mm -hmm. but then also being able to say like hey i relate to that i've also been through it and this is what i did you know so it's kind of like this mutual sharing as opposed to like a one-sided conversation where this person that i see as a mentor is just telling me what i have to do you know mm -hmm. and that was a very powerful experience for me because it's the first time that i was exposed to that and i was exposed to that with people who are outside of the muslim community you know mm -hmm. so i feel that's one thing that uh that lacks sometimes, you know, is for sure being able to express uh, vulnerability mm -hmm. and reframing it that it's actually something that requires courage, you know. Mm -hmm. um, that's so a that's a little bit about like the kind of conversations we try and, and like the kind of experiences we try to have in the high school setting, you know, less of a mm -hmm. hierarchical thing and more like meeting them at their level and, and uh, just having open conversations about real life stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's interesting. Like, how would you, you know, as as three guys here, you know, and let's say if you take one thing from this conversation, it's that you want to be that that person of support for maybe your group of friends. How would you go about 
having that conversation because you can't just be like hey man like how are you feeling today everyone's gonna look at you like what's wrong with you they're not gonna tell you like (laughs) you know this is what happened and i'm feeling sad let's talk about our feelings it's not that easy for you guys so how would you kind of um break that ice break yeah break the ice essentially amongst your your friends your cousins whoever it is that you're trying to have this conversation with and then how do you also get that in return like because i'm sure all of us are human beings we all go through different things Mm. you might have an off day you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and if you're not talking to me about it and you want to talk to one of your your guy friends like how how do you go about having that type of conversation like i'm really interested to see how you would navigate that Mm -hmm. that's a good point because i think it depends on how close you are with them too Mm -hmm. because you'll have friends where it's like they're your friends that you have fun with strictly and then you have the Mm -hmm. friend where oh like me and you can talk yeah Yeah. i can tell you how i feel yeah you'll give me proper feedback vice versa but um for me personally i think i always started that conversation first Mm. Um, yeah you're good at that actually Mm -hmm. yeah where it's like if something is actually on my mind Mm. like i have to tell you yeah Mm -hmm. like if if you did something that bothered me you'll know we'll have a conversation yeah and then once the conversation's done like i'm I'm fine Mm -hmm. um and then by doing that i would hope oh like if you're mad at me yeah tell me let's (laughs) talk because if you hold it in it's i'm not gonna i'm still sleeping eight hours you're (laughs) 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 no but it's true because it's like I will I will be the first one to break the ice so that mm-hmm. you know you can do the same with me. So you right. you go about it by inviting that person to say, hey, like, I'm I'm willing to speak. Like, I want to talk to you. Like, let's mm-hmm. create that open space between us. Yeah, like, I do that with my siblings, my yeah. friends. Like, if something bothers me, I'll sit for a little bit and then yeah. say, oh, hey, by the way, I didn't like so-and-so. Mm. Was, that um, something, was that something that you always were able to do or is this something you've trained oh, yourself to be? I think I, like, the last five years or some or so was mm-hmm. like when i focused on it but before i was young so i was like oh if i'm mad i'm just gonna if I'm <laughs> yeah. upset, i'm just gonna hold it mm-hmm. um but yeah, and what chose what made you change that like what what was your catalyst to like be like you know what? i'm gonna change and be more open more vulnerable or whatever you just feel like so much heaviness i mm-hmm. think holding things in mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of the time people um well for me personally it's like there's like a cry for help but you don't want to say anything. You're just hoping somebody notices it. Mm. Oh, and yeah. then it's like, nobody's going to notice if you don't say anything, especially because you're going to put on a smile at the end of the day. So yeah. Yeah. why not just open up? And if, like, what's the worst that can happen? Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that just hit me. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> and uh, Ibrahim, like, how do you, how do you reach out? Because I'm assuming that maybe a lot more Muslim men will come up to you because I feel like it's harder for them to go up to someone they don't know or they, that's not part of their community. Mm. but since you're a brother they might feel more open to you maybe they might feel less open to you but i feel like it's more of the 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 former that i've mentioned uh so like how do you break that ice with them how do you uh let them know that they're able to come to you if they have any issues like this i just tell them um like i gave uh, i was invited in one of the halakas here in montreal Mm -hmm. to give a workshop on uh, for for teenagers on uh pornography addiction Mm -hmm. and i just tell them you know like um that i understand that it can be very difficult to talk about those things you Mm -hmm. know and that sometimes we have an understanding that we think is religious but is not really founded in religion you know that you have to like cover your sin but when it comes to addiction it's beyond just a sin you know like you're Mm -hmm. talking about something medical here you know like it's uh it's it's a legitimate you know like a problem that that you can't you know like kind of break the, the confidentiality um mm-hmm. so i just tell them like after my workshops and stuff that they can come and talk to me that it's confidential that it's going to stay between us 
Um, and I acknowledge that it's something difficult to do, you know. So most of the time that works and it works in high schools also, surprisingly, mm-hmm. is uh, we'll stick around after a workshop and we'll have a couple of students that will come up and say, like, hey, my, my mom uh, is an alcoholic, you know, or um, I have trouble stopping weed or stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, what I'm surprised to find more and more is like how so many people want to talk about what they're going through. Mm-hmm. But they're just afraid so they just need an invitation so kind of like what you were saying on where it's like you know sometimes it's just that small invitation and they're able to they're, they're looking for opportunities like that you know mm-hmm. it's not often that someone comes in a high school and you know for example and tells them like hey you, you can talk to me about the real stuff you know so mm-hmm. i have a, a question for you because i know that a lot of people will say you know oh my therapist has a therapist like when you mm-hmm. when you are someone who often uh, invites other people to kind of unload on you, right? And they, they talk about issues that they're going through. Um, depending on the type of person that you are, if you're more of an empath, you kind of take, like, you you have to really create that boundary so that you're not taking too much of someone else's emotions onto mm-hmm. yourself. How do uh-huh. you, like, do you, how do you, um, I guess, create that boundary? Like, do you have someone that you go to? I know that might be a personal question, but, um, like, how do you, balance all of that you know because i can only imagine that you're doing this with several people right so eventually it's gonna take a toll on you yeah uh most of the time it doesn't i would say maybe like 85 percent of the time um it's not gonna really toll on me a lot and alhamdulillah i think that's a gift from allah (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. that's uh, you know that that i'm able to do my job and i'm not like constantly traumatized from the stuff that i hear Mm -hmm. but every now and then especially uh, i would say the things that hit me the most sometimes it's when it's like a a teenager that tells me things that are happening in their home lives you know Mm -hmm. um but just the culture uh, of the organization that i work with i can just you know um, debrief with my coworkers, and i get to share with them in situations where I get triggered or when I feel like it's, it's re- really heavy on me, you know? So there's mm-hmm. people around me, coworkers that I feel really connected to that I can just talk about, you know? Oh, that's really good. Uh, if I feel myself in a situation like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. That's good. And what about yeah. you, Amir? Because you didn't answer that question. What was the question? <laughs> the original question of, um, you know, if in your group of friends, like with, mm-hmm. with the guys, like how would you, do you feel like you... The are, weird thing is that like, I'm I'm the type I'm not really as open to like Muslim yeah. friends. Oh. But I'm more open to um like like my high school friends who were who happen to not be Muslim and that kind of thing because I think it's because like it takes out that aspect of feeling like judgment from like the religious aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So like like I don't know why I'm more open to my non Muslim friends that I am to my actual Muslim friends because like there's always a religious aspect aspect that I'm thinking about mm-hmm. I'm like I don't want them to have any of those like, preconceived notions oh, you doing <laughs> yeah but like you know so so I'd rather just I'd, and also it's because I in high school like that's when I was younger that's when developing so mm. those are the people I was already speaking to you just yeah. speaking to yeah so mm-hmm. it kind of just kept going after that so if I ever did need to like unload something mm-hmm. I'll just speak to them oh yeah, so I don't know. That was that was something I was actually going to ask earlier. Like, do you feel like you're more open to like non-Muslim friends than you are to mm-hmm. Muslim friends because there's not a lot of that like Islamic baggage judge- or yeah. the judgment that might mm-hmm. come from it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that? Like, um, agree? Yeah, definitely. Oh definitely yeah, I can relate to that. See? Yeah, yeah. That's why most most of my mentors were actually like non-Muslim. You know, 
Um, and then I had other mentors, you know, for like the spiritual side. But like mm-hmm. a lot of the, I had a lot of mentors that were were not Muslim, and yeah, I could I could talk talk about those things with, and I wouldn't feel judgment or worse mm-hmm. unsolicited advice, you know, about yeah. <laughs> what I should be doing. You know? mm-hmm. So, what about you? Um, well, for me, like my friend that I would like normally speak to happens to be Muslim, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I th- like I get what Amir is saying. Like you don't want people to just say, like you don't. Well, you don't know what they'll say, but like mm. you're thinking they'll just tell you, go pray, or <laughs> go do exactly. dua. Make dua. Ex- that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. I was thinking. I was or like, like even yeah. worse, like they'll just be like, um, why are you upset? Like you have a house, mm. like, yeah. You have food. You live with exactly. You have, no, you yeah. have your parents. Um, there's people in worse situations. Yeah, so that exactly. Well, the main thing there was like someone, because of course you can always just, you can go pray and mm-hmm. you can like um, mm-hmm. make more dua and stuff, but yeah. like, it's like, how about it's not working? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just to kind of like give a, a quick, not disclaimer, mm-hmm. but you know, praying, listening to Quran, making dua, they're all really beneficial things yeah. and sometimes they really do help. Like yeah. Yeah. it really does calm your, your heart, your mind. But sometimes the issues, that, the mental health issues that you're experiencing are, are bigger than just that, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't have control over it. So you do need to seek professional help outside of um, the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. find it very interesting that you guys all are like willing to, not willing to, but more comfortable going yeah. to non-Muslim friends. Yeah. I feel like it's the total opposite for me. Really? I think it's different yeah. too. I feel like a lot of guys, guys though yeah. have close friends from their high school days. that are, Yeah. But I feel like... It's weird because a lot of Muslim girls are like buddy buddy with like their cousins or people from Gorangay. Yeah, you yeah. know, literally and my yeah. best friends are <laughs> their sisters. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. it's like <laughs> it's different because you guys would share normally everything, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if uh, an opportunity came where it's like, oh, I'm gonna talk to like my cousin. Yeah. Like it has to be like maybe nobody's around that's what i'm talking <laughs> about but it wouldn't be my first choice unfortunately you heard yeah. that Sabri. he's only talking to you if no one else is around <laughs> literally that was who i was thinking about too <laughs> shout out to Sabri. um yeah no you know what it's interesting because personally like mm-hmm. i find it's easier to talk to someone who has had a similar upbringing like mm-hmm. you know what i mean and, and my cousins are just that like we were raised together if anything they would understand like obviously we're not professionals, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes you just want to vent to, like, if I'm venting to his sister, she gets it. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I don't even have to speak and she just knows. Mm-hmm. Same thing with his sister. Like, any of my close friends, like, they just know exactly what it is I'm going through. But I also, I, I understand the appeal of going to someone who's outside of your community because they're going to give you that, like, objective point of view. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to tell you, like, the, oh, have patience, Sarah, you know. <laughs> Do it, Lilaita. Sometimes it helps me be sometimes it helps me be more critical about like mm. why I believe what I believe, you know, and it, yeah. it helps me like dig deeper into, into my faith, you know, because mm-hmm. they will ask the why questions. A Muslim mm-hmm. probably wouldn't, you know, it's just how we, we do it, you know, but right. it's interesting, like just this conversation, because most of the time, like the people in my entourage uh, or in the Muslim community that come up to me and are looking, for example, to speak to a, a psychologist or a mental health professional, uh, they'll ask like do you know any muslim ones like 90 percent of the time they'll ask that you know so they want to mm-hmm. speak to a muslim professional you know mm-hmm. or i have something like uh, do you know any like a black psychologist or something like that and the reason mm-hmm. why is because sometimes there's something there's it's what we call double work so you're in front of a psychologist or or um, i don't know a addictions counselor for example 
and you feel like you have to explain what you're going through and at the same time you have to explain your cultural context you know so that they don't understand or it's like a fear that they'll tell you like to do something that goes against your faith you know like if um like oh what's what's so wrong with like smoking weed once a week or something like that you know Mm -hmm. you know so that's often the fear that they have so it's like on one hand they want somebody that understands their culture but on the other hand they want someone that's going to give them a bit more than just religious advice you know Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I, I, that, I, that's exactly um, why I go to people that I'm close. Like I've done, I've confided in uh, my non-Muslim friends too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes, sometimes the advice that I would get, it's like, <laughs> I cannot do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, like, thank you for listening. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. your advice isn't, it's not helpful in this situation. Like, yeah. I just can't do mm-hmm. something like that. But sometimes but. you might get a little, get, little nugget there that mean like, okay, you know what? No, not, not, not yeah. that's like not bad, but like you can take like, five percent what they said yeah and like the other stuff maybe you can't do but you can maybe take a little bit from there's always it, it, it works. helps just to speak to someone honestly it, it works if someone like you were like you guys were both saying they were your longtime friends so yeah because yeah. they know you don't have to explain like let's say for example i don't know you want to move out and then mm-hmm. you have to explain like oh yeah in muslim culture or in my culture yeah you have to wait till you're married they're like but amir you're almost 30 yeah and then you have to like you know explain all of yeah. that yeah but if it's someone who's known you for a long time or known you for a long time, they know. They already know. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. don't have to explain all that. So it's exactly what um, Ibrahim. The the biggest I think when we're thinking about uh, issues that we're going through in our day to day lives, and and we get that religious av- advice, sometimes it's you know you have to be wise on how you give that advice, right? Like, yes, okay, we can think of the prophet, but one, we're not, we're nowhere near on his level, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of us are nowhere near on his level. But I think an important lesson to take from that, though, is that reliance on God, like mm-hmm. with hardship comes ease. You know what I mean? Like remembering that. And of course, it doesn't always make your situation better in that very moment. But because I, I, and I'm just bringing this up because I know we kind of I don't want to say we brushed aside that religious advice that we get, but sometimes it really does help, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and looking into the Quran to see different stories of the other prophets like they're there for a reason. They're, we are we are told to to you know read the Quran and listen to the Hadith and apply what we mm-hmm. learn from that for a reason, you know. Um, so I think that it's very it's very you kind of have to. It's good to take mm-hmm. the I don't want to call it like I don't know what word to use, but it's good to take you know um, advice from uh, outside of the religion if it applies and it doesn't make you stray away from mm-hmm. it but it's also good to take religious advice and kind of just take pick and choose from both what applies to you and what helps your situation mm-hmm. you know it's kind of ironic how like we in the immigrant community you're brought up to be like tough at least in the men's side you're brought up to be tough like don't show too much emotion don't cry but then a lot of the stories we hear about the prophets and the mm. the companions and everyone is that they're always like in fear they're always crying out of out of uh, fear for their nation or just um um had anxiety for different reasons like the, all the stories are them expressing emotion and being vulnerable mm-hmm. but we're grown up and taught to not be vulnerable at all and to kind of hunker that down it's, it's like it's like a ox not oxymoron it's like a um i don't know how to exactly explain it but i think you guys like, understand what i'm trying to get at right mm. <clears throat> i think that's definitely yeah. a cultural thing a um, thing? Yeah, not showing emotions because if you think about it too, like your parents won't show emotions, especially your dad. Mm-hmm. Right? Your dad won't show emotions. Um, 
and then you're raised to think the same and it's true every time if you say something your parents will say just go to turaka mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah you'll yeah, be fine that's true so mm. okay so that's an interesting point i know mm-hmm. let's go back to my my points here unless you guys have something to add to that but Oh, no, no, I'm good here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like sometimes there's also a stereotype of like, especially for black men, that it's like uh, the stereotype of hyper-masculinity, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yes. that specifically a black man has to be like, mm-hmm. you know, this macho, very stoic guy, you know, mm-hmm. that like, you know, that's that goes fundamentally against like any type of displaying of affection mm-hmm. or vulnerability, you mm-hmm. know? So I feel that contributes to it too. And actually... Um, I'm sure you've probably seen a lot of the people that you've worked with come up with those types of feelings where they felt like they had to suppress all their feelings their whole life and unfortunately it manifested itself in other ways. Um, so do you see, maybe for both of you guys, do you have any like preventative measures that we can take, you know, mm-hmm. in earlier life? We can kind of start to uh, address the issue before it even becomes an issue, if that makes sense. Because you, you want to get to those men that are coming to you, you want to get them or at least the next generation before they reach that level of the people that you're working with, yeah. right? So uh, I don't know if you have any workshops that are preventative uh, measures that you take to kind of uh, get ahead of this situation or if, and wherever you have any ideas for what can be done. That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I think just having the conversations is important. Mm-hmm. And um, I think now like the responsibility is on people in our generation to make sure that when we have kids, if we can teach them from a young age, mm-hmm. like, you know, how are you really feeling? Mm-hmm. Then that's something that they'll be comfortable with and hopefully they can pass that on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that cycle will stop. Um, Cause I think this is more so, I think not even like a Muslim thing where they don't talk about um, their feelings, but just like an immigrant um, yeah. uh, thing. Like, North America, you talk talk about your feelings. You mm-hmm. have a counselor at school, right? They're, if you're not doing your work, they'll be like, "What's going on at home?" Mm-hmm. But your parents don't really like. When was the last time your parents asked you how are you really feeling with with everything mm-hmm. in your life? Mm-hmm. If you're stressed from school, from work, they'll just tell you the story of when they came to Canada yeah. and they yeah. had way less than you. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. you know they'll tell you about their journey coming <laughs> here, and then you're just there like. Yeah. damn true. i really have mm-hmm. it good yeah mm-hmm. and then yeah. it's just like oh you can't talk to your parents so hopefully cool. people can use their resources and mm-hmm. and start those conversations with their friends so that the cycle can kind of slow down mm-hmm. and ibrahim we have a very uh simple exercise we do we just draw a stick man on uh on the board in class and mm-hmm. uh we ask uh, we ask the boys like uh where do you feel uh stress you know Mm-hmm. and then we just put like marks wherever they feel it you know so at first we want to get them to have the self-awareness to be able to check in with themselves on how they're feeling and it's mm-hmm. not just talking about feelings for the sake of talking about feelings there's practical like benefits to that you know like if he is aware of how he's feeling okay then he can <clears throat> first of all he needs the awareness before he he's able to communicate how he's feeling to other people mm-hmm. and so then we have other workshops on communication uh, we use a lot of principles from uh, NVC, <clears throat> nonviolent communication. So, um, and, you know, uh, how sometimes we can miscommunicate in a conflict, you know. Um, so we, we, we touch on those things, you know. So um, 
I think just exposing them as young as possible to that and dispelling myths about what masculinity is because it's so confusing right now. We live in different times, you know, traditional roles are no longer like the norms as much as they were before, mm -hmm. you know, conflicting messages from society, from video games, from movies, from parents, from schools. Um, so all of that, you know, can cause a lot of confusion, you know, so we try to dispel some myths mm -hmm. and um, just give them the space to talk about it. You know, mm -hmm. it's very infor informal, very chill, you know, um, we're not we don't <laughs> sit them down and tell them hey talk to us about your feelings you know yeah it's how, how is your situation like at home do you get along with your parents do you how how uh, what's your experience like in school you know do you i talk about my experiences you know and so a lot of times you know that sets the tone for a conversation and that's what i've noticed in the men's group as well that uh facilitated in montreal you know muslim men have support groups for uh, addictions and a lot of times you know the people who are kind of like leading those groups talk about their own experiences. So it completely flips and, and sets a tone of authenticity because mm -hmm. they're leading with that, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, so it's definitely, I, 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 we should probably reach out to see if there's any workshops like workshops like that. Yeah. Do you guys offer city. like <laughs> online, you know, online support, mm -hmm. especially now with COVID and, because you're in another city, like if anyone in Toronto or outside of Toronto, I think that's that's such a great resource to have like a, a support group for Muslim men mm -hmm. because it's so like not necessarily unheard of, but it's just very uncommon. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, if you have any online resources or you guys have, yeah. you know, we'll definitely take whatever yeah. information you have and like yeah. <laughs> add it to our description. <laughs> we will, and we'll share it with you guys. Yeah, for sure. um, we'll share it with you guys. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, right now we, we, we've seen this shift, especially on social media, for those of you who are on it, um, TikTok more specifically, where there are a lot of people who work in, in mental health, like therapists, counselors, any, any sort of specialist that um, they, they now have shifted to Instagram, to TikTok, mm -hmm. um, even YouTube, but more so like Instagram and TikTok because the videos are shorter and you can capture someone's attention a lot quicker mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on on people sharing their tips and tricks online because i know and you know some of them i feel like the more responsible ones they will give a disclaimer to say my videos are not meant to be a form of therapy like they're here to kind of have like a quick a quick tip but it's not like don't rely on my page yeah. as your healing mm -hmm. tiktok uh, your therapist healing yeah. yeah tiktok therapist mm -hmm. yeah like what are your thoughts on them do you do you ever watch their videos either of you um, yeah i actually don't get i don't get oh, really? i don't get it on my page too much, too much. Yeah, okay much. clearly it's just me <laughs> <laughs> don't worry no are I you get, okay Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> oh you get them too <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's messed um, up when the algorithm knows you know you, you exactly need exactly <laughs> it's it's always when you're going through like i was just talking about this with my friends they're like mm -hmm. whenever <laughs> It was a meme that I saw. It's like whenever a girl gets mad, she can find a meme in three seconds because mm -hmm. your time. page just knows you're mad and it'll have like a <laughs> quote right there first thing when you open Instagram. Like, <laughs> and you repost it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, what are your what are your thoughts as someone who actually works in in that field to see people online? Like, is that something that you've ever considered doing? Are you against it, for it? What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's something that I have considered doing. Um, but uh, my 
my problem is like I think people's perception of the work that we do is sometimes not really accurate you know mm-hmm. like uh, I'll have people tell me oh you're a counselor yeah okay addictions counseling okay so say I have an addiction go ahead tell me tell, like tell me how to overcome it I'm like well like first of all if, if I'm meeting a person who has an addiction mm-hmm. like 90 percent of the time that I, I, I'm like having with them I'm listening and I'm asking open-ended questions you know I'm mm-hmm. trying to understand their world their relationship as you know I'm talking about things maybe that aren't that they might not see as like having a link with addiction you know mm-hmm. so it's not like uh, you learn a script and you learn a couple of things. It's like everything is tailored and every person's situation is different, you know, and it's about understanding more, you know, and it's like you, you build a plan with the person, you know, so it's a very collaborative relationship. Um, and I, on one, on one of like the models of interviewing that we have, we literally have to ask for permission if we're about to give them some advice, you know, uh, and ask them for feedback after we give it to them, you know, mm-hmm. so it's not like, there's it's just a bunch of unsolicited advice and one one size fits all thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But what I've the problem that I have is that some people might be checking out those quotes and they they relate to it and it does help them a little bit, like nuggets, like you said, Amir. Mm-hmm. But it's like and and they think that they're they're working on themselves, but that's not really, you know, like in depth work with, you know. Yeah. For, is it like oh, surface yeah, level? I, like. Yeah, it's very superficial. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very superficial and it's general and it might not apply. And sometimes it could do more harm than good, actually. So, and it might actually like, yeah, and it might skew people's uh, perception of what therapy is or talking to a counselor is. So it might Mm -hmm. actually push them away from actually doing because, like, oh, I can just go on TikTok and learn there. It's like, why do I need someone (laughs) to? I have several therapists, actually. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe maybe if you are going to make contact, you can kind of maybe give some context on what actually goes on (laughs) during a, a session. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the stuff that sure. you don't hear about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've never gone anything like that, anywhere? Um, Like, I've seen it a few times, and mm-hmm. it's always interesting seeing the comments, mm-hmm. and yeah. people will just start having their own conversations about their problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully they just use this as, like, a stepping stone to yeah. getting help and not just, oh, he spoke about this. This man said these are five ways to fix depression. Mm-hmm. Let me try that, and that's it, right? But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, making a top five list on how to cure depression is a <laughs> no. But you see stuff like, like that. Well, they'll say, yeah. you know, set a time for when you sleep, yeah. exercise, eat well. Yeah, and it's like, That's how about true. like talking about how you yeah. feel mm-hmm. and like, getting to the root of the issue? But yeah, I can definitely see that. And um, oh no, go ahead. Sorry, I I don't, I, I'm getting go 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 go. You're good. Okay, <laughs> I was I was actually gonna bring up um, um, DP's DP. Yeah, I don't know what his. I don't know what that's his. his real, I think that's his Instagram. His uh, Instagram name. Okay, I don't know if you I know about DP. Do you know about DP? Yeah, I saw. I saw the uh, link that you sent me. Actually, I read his post. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, you yeah. sent him the. Yeah, yeah. Come Good on. job, Sarah. Good job. <laughs> Come on. I, was I did my homework. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, I didn't even know we sent it out. <laughs> Shows you how much I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you were able to see his Instagram post, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I read it and I was like, whoa. Like, mm-hmm. That was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot because he... Well, he, we should give context for exactly what it was, right? Yeah, I mean, um, maybe I think I took a screenshot of it. So maybe we can include it in, in the background. Yeah. But um, if you search up his Instagram for everyone who's listening and watching, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty sure the post is still up. But um, to, to summarize, uh, essentially his post was pretty much saying... Uh, 
you know, and this is a, just a trigger warning for anyone who's listening, just in case. But um, he kind of just wrote his last note, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. And and some of the points he brought up was, you know, you might know me as someone who's always happy. And so this may come as a shock or very unexpected mm-hmm. to a lot of people in his life. Um, but when I read that post, I instantly screenshotted it and sent it to you. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God, like, have you seen this? Um, I think it's very important. And this is why I asked you both that question earlier where if you're that one person in your group of friends or in your family where people always come to you and they always ask you for advice Mm -hmm. like are you okay like do you have that person that you can go to because Mm -hmm. usually and it's not always the case but a lot of people i find that that are going through something they always um they always seem the happiest and like they're Mm. they're they're just like chilling and they're always the most supportive and they know how to be there for other people, mm-hmm. but they they conceal their own issues because maybe they don't have someone to talk to or um, they just don't know how to, to go about it. And it's, it's, you know, how do you guys feel about that? Like, what are your thoughts? I'm, and I'm sure, you know, Ibrahim, you, you read the post, so I, I want to hear what you think. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you saw it, but yeah, I'll pull it up for you if you want to read it. Real quick. No, I saw it. I oh, saw you it. did? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you too. Oh, my God, Mira, what do you think about that too? Who wants to go first? On that yeah, one? who wants to go first? <laughs> Huh? I'll go second. Okay, yeah. here. Yeah, so second. okay, so okay, <laughs> just, so my thing is like I've actually seen this happen multiple times now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's actually a podcast that I listened to called The Brilliant Idiots. It has like Charlemagne and mm. Andrew Schultz and everything. And Charlemagne had a friend who same situation, super friendly person, yeah. the person that everyone goes to, super positive, mm-hmm. and just one day just out mm. and gone. Uh, and it came to a surprise to everyone. No one was expected it. Yeah. But I think it's like the people that are going through the most and like maybe don't want to show it, they, they try and mask it the hardest. Like so, yeah. so because no one asks a person who's always happy right. or always like positive, they, know, they don't ask them questions. It's like, oh yeah. no, they're good. Why would yeah. I ask them if they're okay? Because yeah. they're always positive, right? So it's almost like a masking being like the only way I can... Uh, um, not protect myself, but shield or um, uh, add, stop you from hide it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the only way I can hide it is by being the complete opposite, by being completely positive and completely like uh, trying to give advice to other people. Because the more you give to, uh, advice to other people and show that you're positive and you're you you seem well rounded, the less they're gonna ask you questions. So I feel like that's maybe. Uh, sometimes it's a distraction too though because like mm-hmm. you're distracted from your own issues by helping other people yeah you don't have time to think about what you're going mm-hmm. through until you know they always say like you know it's uh, it's usually when you're alone when you're about mm-hmm. to go to sleep like you're in, you're in your bed or you know or sometimes it's like something as simple and, and mundane as you driving to work like these yeah. thoughts creep up on you when when you yeah. sometimes when you least expect it but yeah you know so i think those people um i'm saying those people anyone who's going through this even myself i'm not Mm -hmm. even gonna lie like it's easier to distract yourself by helping other people with their whatever they're going through and i think there's that Mm -hmm. whole line where they say like um the brighter you shine like the more you burn of yourself or something like that so essentially they're giving out so much or i'm not Mm -hmm. saying that this is what his case was but a lot Mm -hmm. of people they give so much of themselves to everyone Mm -hmm. that they don't leave much for themselves they end up burning themselves out I don't know if that's kind of related to this, but it's something else to think about. Um, so yeah, number two is you can go. Your <laughs> insight. Yeah, yeah. We we call it we call it uh, codependency. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's, it can be known as codependency. You know, where it's yeah. like, uh, and uh, and and even people who work in um, 
uh, I have the word in French, I can't find it in English. Um, anyways, like work in like context of working with other people and helping other people, they can fall into that trap. You know, it's like you're you're so much focused on others that like your mm-hmm. own cup is is being drained out mm-hmm. and you don't even realize it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for sure, definitely something I've seen too. And uh, I guess if I could bring it back to my own personal experience, for me, it, it was the opposite. Actually, you know, like when I was going through depression. Mm-hmm. I was really like stuck inside of my own self, you know, and mm-hmm. I was living in, in like my, my own head, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of like stuck inside myself. And like one thing that I discovered could help me with that through the help of my mentors is to get out of myself by being more of service, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, re- the relationship was different. You know, my, my baseline wasn't that I was helping other people, mm-hmm. you know, my baseline was that I was kind of stuck in myself and I needed the other person to kind of like help me get out of myself, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was kind of like the opposite effect. You, you know, need that, to receive like, the energy. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, yeah, I think that post was pretty heavy and mm-hmm. I like the first, as soon as I saw how long it was, I was like, okay, look, this is going to be yeah. something serious. So I'm always like, go to the comments first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone is trying to tell him like, we love you. Yeah. Talk to us. I'm here for you. All this stuff. But it's like, sometimes you're late, right? Mm. You don't get people that they're like when they actually need it. And mm-hmm. maybe it's that he maybe didn't open up. And it's true what Amir said. People who always seem um, like really happy usually, not usually, but sometimes have um, kind something of like a, to hide. something dark going on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's tough to say because you can't just go up to someone who you think is happy and say, <laughs> what's really, what's going, really on? going on <laughs> yeah. yeah right and you yep. just gonna have to hope but people... why not why not why can't we do that, you know? <laughs> i mean no, you... like you can ask but <laughs> yeah. yeah if they're actually fine and they say why are you asking mm-hmm. you yeah. could obviously say like you know i just i care about you just want mm-hmm. to make sure everything's good um yeah but I think all... you have to like read between the lines like you you have to um you kind of just have to know like if you can see if you if you and your group of friends if you have that one person that like you know everyone goes to like just check in on them and mm-hmm. and i'm not saying like pry or like do fbi work but you know we're all human beings not everyone's going to be happy 365 days a year mm-hmm. you know um and i think if you if you create that that open and comfortable environment for all of your friends and not just mm-hmm. for yourself <laughs> um oh. you not necessarily could potentially save someone but you know you may be bringing relief to this person without you even realizing mm-hmm. it yeah I think like the silver lining, if there is one to this whole DP post, is that it opens other people's eyes to that fact that there might be someone in their life yeah. that is in a similar situation that they mm-hmm. haven't even hasn't been a thought to ask, ask them how they're doing yeah. or what they're going through, right? So it made maybe, me reflect. I was like, oh my yeah. god, do I need to check on my friends? Like, yeah, exactly, right? So it yeah. might just make people more open to being just asking questions even if they think everything is good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what the final situation was of the DP uh, story. Uh, I don't even want to know if I want to know what happened <laughs> because everybody in the comments were still acting like he might be out there somewhere, but I don't know. Mm-mm. And mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of left open-ended in a way. Like it wasn't, it was... Yeah, there's no conclusion. Yeah, so he was like, all right, peace Yeah, out. there's no like article that I looked up afterwards being like... Yeah. No, he, yeah, he, he did. He did he end up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. shoot. Yeah. His yeah, sister, yeah, like, yeah. posted it on uh, oh, like, no. Instagram and stuff after that. Yeah, I didn't want to know. Now I'm all sad. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
what really shocked me was mm. like uh, how casual he sounded. In the yeah, post, you know? it's like that, he was like comfortable really, like, with his decision. Mm-hmm. Sorry, say again. It, it was almost like he he made peace. Like he was comfortable with. Like he already, because you know, if you're on the fence and you're like, I'm gonna do it. I don't know. I'm gonna do it. Like I, I don't think the, the way the way he wrote it, it was like confident in his decision. Yeah, like he was just like, all right, you know, this is my time. This is what's like meant for me. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Just letting you guys know, and, and it's almost like he, he. I feel, and I, I would like to hope that in his post alone, he taught a lot of people a very important lesson. Um, and you know, for for anyone who has read that post and it resonated with them, I hope that positive mm-hmm. changes come out of that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like it. You're right. The, the his tone and the way that he wrote it, I was like, oh wow, like. Yeah. That's the scary thing, you know, is that women statistically will have more suicide attempts. Mm. Men will have more, like, less attempts, but they'll be more successful in their attempts, you know? Mm. So there's more, you know? So, yeah, it was just very, um, like, he had made his mind up, you know, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, it wasn't even open. Because I've heard a lot of people talk about suicidal ideation, you know, but I've never kind of seen a post or something like that that was, like, already like determined that you know mm-hmm. like this is his final decision you know so that was kind of sad to see actually yeah i know i read it and i was just like kind of imagining like what would someone have to go through mm-hmm. to reach that point like to say in their mind like to make that decision like mm-hmm. this is it mm-hmm. well it sounded just from reading it it sounded like someone who was in his head a lot like you can yeah. tell that it was something that like it starts with a small thought and just start increasing, increasing to the point where it was like almost uh, you, you couldn't avoid it. You couldn't. Uh, I'm really bad with my words today. Um, you couldn't ignore week. it anymore. Like it just took over every thought of, of his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he felt like it was the only way out. Yeah. It's like a different level of hopelessness, mm-hmm. like where you really don't find any other solution. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you. When I was reading mm-hmm. that, the first thought that came to my mind mm-hmm. um was like alhamdulillah for islam mm-hmm. because yeah. those times where you're in a really dark place where you think like there's no way out mm-hmm. that silver lining is always remembering god like mm-hmm. always for me personally yeah um and and that's what that's why i was like when i read it i was so shook and i had goosebumps but um mm-hmm. it, it makes me sad that you know he he wasn't able to find that solution mm-hmm. so yeah, unfortunate, unfortunate situation. But you know, the, like, like I mentioned earlier, the silver lining is that a lot of people are learning something from this, right? I hope so. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, I- even in, in death, like you can make a uh, a change or like a positive change in a lot of people. Yeah, lives. that's why they always mm-hmm. like. I know my dad would always tell me, like, because I was like, every time someone you know passes away in our community and he goes to mm-hmm. the burial, I'm like, aren't you scared? Like, I've never been to one, so like mm-hmm. I can only mm-hmm. imagine what it's like. And he was like, no, it, it makes your remembering death and uh, to like turn this into like some dark dark uh yeah. part of the podcast nah, just but, go for it you know like remembering <laughs> death really reminds you of your purpose in this life mm-hmm. it reminds you of your akhira it reminds you to mm-hmm. to work hard and and not to forget what your goal is mm-hmm. um but it also i don't want to say it minimizes your problems but knowing that this life is so short <laughs> mm-hmm. and there's so much more afterwards it, it kind of like, maybe it grounds you or, or I'm not sure but he was like explaining it in that way and I was like wow mm-hmm. you guys are I mean I don't want to say lucky but 
Mm -hmm. I guess to have that opportunity, whereas we we don't go to the grave ever. So. Mm I've seen some women there sometimes. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying I've never been. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like really close family, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Inshallah, um, no, nothing like that will happen soon oh, where you have I to thought, go, right? I thought you were about to be like, Inshallah, he can go no. one day. <laughs> 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 I was about to be like, what? No. <laughs> Complete opposite. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough line. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, and then the, the last point that I personally just wanted to bring up um, mm-hmm. was... And I think we kind of already talked about this, but um, I want to kind of touch on emotional intelligence because mm-hmm. I feel like it's so <sighs> underrated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, do you guys like I wrote here, it should be a required course in high school, which is a peak time for young people yeah. figuring themselves out. What do you mm-hmm. guys how do you guys feel? Like, do you feel like you have, you know, are, is, is emotional intelligence something that's important to you that you've touched on that you've researched or maybe wanted to work on within yourselves mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know like well, let's hear from you guys well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no i'm here you go you go okay i was just gonna say like i definitely feel like it's something that should be required in schools and it, i feel like it should be a mix of like what ibrahim does mm-hmm. and like t- I, I, maybe it is exactly that like emotional intelligence does require you to be able to look inward and be able to point out your emotions and mm-hmm. and and identify them properly uh, so I feel like maybe having some type of course, I don't know how they would fit into curriculum, but they got to make it work. Cause I feel like it's something that's, uh, required at this point, especially with all the things going on, how things are changing so quickly, how like our way of life has changed so much in the past 30, 40 years with the introduction of the internet mm-hmm. and all that, mm-hmm. and how we're all can be connected just like within seconds. Um, there's a lot that a child who's growing up can like be introduced to very early on. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, you weren't introduced to a lot of these things all at once. Yeah. We now you get a phone <laughs> and you're introduced to it right away. Right. Uh, so, you know, kids need to learn to not only kids, but even adults. But, you know, you start early, right? You need to learn how to identify those feelings and how to navigate them properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I think um, like we had guidance counselors and when we were in school. Listen, guidance they, counselors were literally a trap mm-hmm. for CPS. That's what I was going <laughs> to say. Like, they're not like, uh, like they didn't give you advice or anything. It was more so only like curriculum related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if they have someone at least, I don't know if they have it now. I would assume mm-hmm. maybe they do. But mm-hmm. if guidance counselors were more curriculum and like you said, like anything with. Um, oh, one second. Like how you. Yeah, like anything with about like how you feel, um, you know, um, that kind of stuff I think is important. Yeah. Okay, we're back. Sorry, my my laptop almost died there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think if it's in courses in school, that would be nice. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Or if guidance counselors were actually more active. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that would be important for kids because when I was in high school, if you had issues, um, there's nobody in school really to talk. You can talk to your teacher, but they're not going to give you any. Yeah. Like productive advice they'll just listen mm-hmm. um but to have those resources in schools when a lot of people have tough times yeah yeah i think it will be good for them in the long run so yeah because everybody I'm thinks of their that. guidance counselor as like someone to go to for changing courses or like that's literally what I, <laughs> what I thought <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but they're they're supposed to be a lot more than that yeah. mm-hmm. I mean. what do you think ibrahim Sure, I think it's super important. One of the workshops we have uh, in uh, the boys-only group is uh, on manners, actually. 
So what we get them to reflect on what it is to have good manners. Why is it important? You know, Mm -hmm. it's the whole course is kind of like that. The whole workshop is framed around like how to become a gentleman, you know. And Mm so uh, manners is part of it, you know. Um, The workshop, when I I started developing it, I based it a lot on the the work of Dr. Philip Zimbardo. He's a very prominent uh, social psychologist who ran a very controversial uh, experiment. I don't know if you guys ever heard about it called the Stanford. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 that's yeah. what yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, uh, he uh, co-wrote a book um, with another author called The Demise of Guys. And he was arguing that mm-hmm. because of, of how um, video games and online pornography have become so ubiquitous, like a lot of young boys specifically are starting to fall back academically and girls mm-hmm. are like, mm-hmm. you know, taking over <laughs> much more higher pursuing yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. higher education and stuff like mm-hmm. that um and so it was affecting like their social skills because they're spending so much time in like the relative safety of the online bubble where they have mastery and they have control and mm-hmm. and it's predictable right and so they noticed the decline in their ability to have social interactions with other boys and with girls as well mm-hmm. you know not because it's they're they're just afraid but because they genuinely just don't know how to act and, and what to say, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, I designed this program to be like, you know, like, okay, let's go back to the basics, you know, what it, what it is to like have basic interactions with other people, mm-hmm. you know, to not be on your phone when you're talking to them, you know, right. to people in the eye, et cetera. So things like that, you know, we talk about manners, uh, which encompasses, you know, emotional intelligence as well. Mm-hmm. Um, altruism, service, you know, so yeah, concepts like that, you know, so, uh, so yeah, for sure, it's it's already happening in the schools, and I think the schools are very enthusiastic so far okay. uh, with mm-hmm. projects like that because it covers the things that you know they they won't cover in in the regular curriculum, you know. Yeah. So uh, and it's crazy, like emotional intelligence is such a part of the the, prof- the prophetic sunnah, you know. Yeah. Like um, uh, um, one of one of the four imams, I forgot which one, uh, the madhab, like uh, two people. Two different people came up to him asking the same religious ruling, uh, um, uh, the same the same question exactly verbatim, and he gave them two different answers. You know, um, I think one of them on asked, uh, "Is there is there? Oh yeah, they asked, is there repentance mm-hmm. for a man that has committed murder?" So for the first one, he said, "Yes, absolutely. Allah is ghafur rahim. There is repentance. There is forgiveness." Right. To the other man, he said, "Absolutely not. The person who commits murder." Is gonna spend eternity in hellfire. So, so the people around were like really shook by that by that yeah. answer, you know. And he said, "I saw in the eyes of the first man uh, regret, you know, that, uh. that he had essentially committed, and I saw in the eyes of the second man that he was, you know, plotting on murdering someone." So I told him, you know, an answer based on that. So it's the same question and yeah. two different answers. And the yeah. Prophet was was like that too, you know. So I guess the, the, he epitomized what. Um, emotional intelligence is, you know. Of course. Uh, there's a, a great book by uh, Mika. Uh, oh my God, I forgot the name. I I just ordered it. Uh, Mikhail, one of the instructors at Qalam Institute in Texas. Uh, anyways, it's about like the emotional intelligence of the Prophet. If you find it, and, please send it to us because we I love can... giving book recommendations, and I'm sure we're going to be yeah. asked about this. Mm-hmm. So, when you, whenever yeah. you do find it, let us know. <laughs> I'll let you know right now. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's my answer. Good answer. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. I I went to the washroom halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> my bad okay i had a coffee earlier oh, but shit. like what about for you like uh, mm-hmm. in terms i mean you kind of already answered no i already answered this yeah oh, so yeah, we did, should be done with it my bad okay, okay sorry about that. <laughs> um and then okay i lied this is my last point okay. um, uh this is something that i personally struggle with and i, I wanted to know your guys' thoughts on it but like mm-hmm. fearing the unknown or like having you know the the fear of the unknown and that's such a broad topic but more specifically um hmm, how should i word this let me think mm-hmm. you know you know sometimes when you don't know how a situation is going to play out and that might stop you or prevent you from pursuing something whether it's your career mm-hmm. or whatever it is in life mm-hmm. um how do you guys kind of uh calm the fear i guess because i the point that i put here is how to strengthen your reliance on allah and how that can calm your fear it's like what if you guys have any tips or if you've also experienced that like i just kind of want to pick your guys's brains on on that specific topic how do we calm fear as in like, like uh, fearing like the unknown like do you have that issue at all or no um i I used to yeah like actually uh like it it kind of like comes in waves right like sometimes you're um like on the you you have that feeling but it's not like it's something that's constantly there it used to be there constantly Mm -hmm. but now it's just kind of comes in waves because i've realized that like you know i'm i'm living life on my own track like i at at, back in the day okay just to kind of word it better back Mm -hmm. in the day i used to be more worried about these things or my future because of what other people expected of me so like you know back in the day i used to be like oh i have to get married by this point it's like yeah that used to be way heavy on me but now it's like not a big one anymore like and if people ask me about it you know i tell them the truth like you know if it comes it comes you know um or in the aspect of like uh i don't know when are you gonna make more money that kind of thing it's like it's not something i really worry about is now i'm kind of more comfortable now um yeah just in general like i just stopped taking in as much as yeah uh what they were expecting from me if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Mm. i'd agree with what amir is saying i think when you're younger you kind of have the pressure of Mm -hmm. your life is supposed to go like a b c Mm -hmm. in that order um and then when one thing kind of falls off track you feel like oh my whole life is ruined now yeah (laughs) i'm not gonna be able to do everything on time Mm. um and especially because we i think we come from very prideful people yeah so if you're doing something very good your parents will be the first ones to tell everybody <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. that mm-hmm. you know yeah. you're doing this and if you're not doing something they just won't say anything yeah <laughs> and everyone will kind of like read the room mm-hmm. and know like oh <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> yeah yeah it's like oh we haven't heard like what are you what's your son up to yeah and your parents yeah. will say He's oh, good. Yeah, right? exactly. Like they'll, just say yeah. they'll say like you're working yeah. without any context. <laughs> um, but I think once you're kind of like okay with who you are, it's true though. That's, that's yeah, why I'm yeah. laughing. Right, it's yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it's like, um, I think once you accept whatever path you're already going towards mm-hmm. and you're comfortable with yourself, then you're kind of not worried about yeah. the future and you kind of just leave things like, you know, whatever is willed for you will happen. Mm-hmm. And of course. If it's not, it won't. Um, yeah, you word that a lot better than <laughs> <laughs> no. I I definitely understood what you were saying because yeah, yeah, I've been there where yeah, um, yeah, especially like you'll get compared to like certain cousins, yeah, or siblings, yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously the oldest sibling is the one that has to go through it first. Yeah. So if they mess it up, yeah. you have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> but if they, it always sucks when they're good though. If they're yeah, if they're like you know above par have you guys seen my sister (laughs) (laughs) right then it's just like oh (laughs) it's very good what they're doing yeah Mm. and you 
Exactly. Yeah. And then you're kind of just there like, <laughs> you're laughing like, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about this. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just have to be comfortable with the, who you are as a person. Exactly. Whatever happens, happens. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and Ibrahim, you close this one off. How, how do you uh, deal with those feelings? So is... Um, trying to fully understand the question so is, is it more like how do i deal with fear or yeah like fear of the unknown or? yeah i mean you know it's it's an open question and i know the the boys both mentioned expectations kind of played into that mm-hmm. when they were younger yeah so how does it work for you for sure uh so for me i the expectations i felt weren't really uh like from external sources like it wasn't i didn't feel like a lot of pressure from my family to Mm -hmm. take a specific path it was very self-imposed i always had really high standards for myself and um i used to kind of pride myself with that but then now i Mm -hmm. see it very differently you know Mm -hmm. is that sometimes i i push too much and i don't recognize you know efforts and achievements so for me like I, I would have never thought that I would get into counseling or like study something like addictions counseling. I just knew two things like growing up in a home where like financial resources were limited. You know, I just wanted to make sure that when I was an adult, mm. I wouldn't struggle with that, you know? So that really motivated, like I, I always say two things that kind of motivated me in school. It was like that, that desire to like be well off financially when I'm an adult and also mm. a desire to kind of like, uh, I always felt like I had to prove myself, you know? When I was younger, I struggled a lot with my self-worth. You know, I felt I, I based my self-worth on external things and school became one of those, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, when I got into college, well, we call it SAJAP in Quebec. It's really weird. Don't even, don't even get started on that. It's like we have high school like and then two years of SAJAP and then university. And it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's all a mess. So when I got into college um, and got into the science program and wasn't doing really wasn't well wasn't doing well because it really wasn't for me mm-hmm. like all of that started collapsing you know it's like suddenly my self-worth you know was like put in question and that future of a financial stability was like possibly no longer there you know yeah. so uh, all of those things combined together like just put me in like a really deep depression mm-hmm. but it's crazy how Allah's wisdom is because it's like it's almost like his plan was that like for me to go through that because there was things that I had to learn and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, through that process that eventually got me to like this decide to study counseling, which I'm, I'm super excited, about, you know. So mm-hmm. so that that's what I was saying in terms of like expectations and, and fear of the unknown and stuff like that. You know, um, a lot of it, I think, comes down to faith for me and also comes down to like... Um, instead of avoiding facing like uh, it's, mm. it's something that's used a lot also for as a treatment for people who have phobias you know a person who has a phobia of like um, elevators for example you're going to gradually expose them to the thing that they're afraid of mm-hmm. and as they c- gradually get exposed to it the mm-hmm. fear slowly starts to you know yeah lessen so just things that i've studied that uh, i'm able to apply more in my context Right. Um, that helped me more overcome anxiety because my like struggling anxiety today is nothing like it was just two years ago or three years ago you know mm-hmm. yeah. so that's one thing I've learned when it comes to overcoming fear is just to kind of lean more into it you know mm-hmm. it's still as scary but at least mm-hmm. you know it's like the process of gradually leaning more into it kind of like takes that away so yeah. mm-hmm. interesting yeah. Okay. So that's, yeah that's a good point okay so, yeah thank you like uh um, it's interesting because we have like two different points 
or two different aspects of uh, how we can feel expectations, right? Either mm. self-imposed or imposed yeah. by others, right? Mm -hmm. But as long as it, it leads to us both learning something from it and kind of like growing. Exactly. It's good. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm all out of points from what I've written, but I mean, so far this conversation has been good. I don't know if you guys have questions that you want to bring to the to the discussion or to us or... Or anything that you'd like mm -hmm. to add, you know, now's your chance to yeah. do so. <laughs> or forever hold your yeah. peace. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, what do you, my question to you guys is what, what kind of services would you like to see offered for the Muslim, like, for example, from mosques or mm -hmm. in the Muslim community that to serve the needs of, you know, Muslims when it comes to their own mental health? Ooh, good question. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the uh the the concept of of your work like having a men's support group but also having a women's support group yeah um and and making it very like known it's not like a hush hush type of thing you know what i mean like mm -hmm. really inviting people to it and i know at first i'm sure if you were to go to your local mosque and you're trying to rally up people to come they'll be like no i'm not mm -hmm. gonna go and talk about my my problems in the mosque you yeah. know mm -hmm. um but i think it, it always just takes that one brave person to kind of say, no, you know, let's go do it. Mm -hmm, and then yeah. more and more people will be like, oh, like, you know, so-and-so looks so much happier now. Yeah. <laughs> so they might, you know, mm -hmm. that might um, motivate them to also try It only going. takes a couple good examples, honestly. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously uh, people, and I totally understand people don't want their business out there and you might not want to do like a group mm -hmm. a group, uh, a group discussion. A group discussion, yeah, to talk about your feelings, especially if it's like, with people that go to your mosque but you're not friends with like imagine mm -hmm. telling your deep dark secrets in front of all these people mm -hmm. <laughs> um but even just knowing that there is someone who like for example like ibrahim like you if you go to your local mosque and people know you as you know a, a, they they consider you a resource like you know how mm -hmm. usually when you go to a mosque they'll be like oh so and so is a doctor mm -hmm. so you know however like all the parents will be like oh my arm hurts mm -hmm. like, <laughs> do you have any recommendations yeah. it's kind of like knowing that you have someone in your community that you can kind of go to yeah um mm -hmm. maybe even like the the sheikhs when they're teaching to kind of incorporate these types of topics into their lessons that they give yeah. um and and then for the younger ones like the people who are still in middle school or high school um for us who are older you, they kind of look up to us as as role models in a yeah. sense you know what i mean and we've always been told growing up in our in our mosque that we have to act a certain way because people the, the younger ones look up to us yeah mm -hmm. um and so kind of i guess maybe creating that type of relationship with them whether you're a teacher or um if you're just someone who volunteers often to to create that relationship so that if they do yeah. need to come to you for something like to say hey mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you know i had someone who asked me last week like hey i'm thinking of applying to university like can i talk to you about it i was like mm -hmm. of course i haven't yeah. done that in a long time but sure <laughs> like let's talk you know so Maybe something like that. Just making it known. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. someone in the community they can reach to. Yeah, reach out to. What would mm -hmm. you guys like like to see? I think that's a good point because I think, especially when you go to a mosque, they'll make it very clear if there's someone who's like a doctor, if there's someone who's a lawyer, mm -hmm. right? Like all these certain careers. The accountant. And they'll like say like, <laughs> if you need any business for this kind of stuff, come talk to this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you never hear about hey, if anyone uh, wants to speak to a counselor or a therapist, you can talk to this person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if they open that kind of conversation, I think I think younger people are more open to discussing it. Maybe not for like the parents, but I was just going to say, 
it would be really nice to see that for our parents' generation because they've gone through so much. Imagine Mm -hmm. all of our parents who have immigrated to Canada or America or Mm -hmm. wherever Mm -hmm. you are listening to this. Imagine leaving your home country at, you know, teen teenage years or early 20s, coming to a new country by yourself or maybe with your new spouse, having to start an entire family with literally nothing in your pocket and just building Mm -hmm. your life from, Mm -hmm. from scratch. Like I can only imagine what they're harboring inside and Mm -hmm. they maybe just didn't have the opportunity to they didn't have time to really just Mm -hmm. think about themselves like our generation first generation um like kids of uh, parents who immigrated from another country Mm -hmm. i feel like we we're in such a unique spot like one we're we're trying to i don't want to say appease to our parents but we're really trying to make it worth their while immigrating Mm -hmm. here to give us a better life Mm -hmm. but at the same time because of what we're taught in school we also have a very me 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 mindset yeah you know like we're trying to be very individualistic we're trying to focus on our mental health now we're also trying to make it and and be financially stable Mm -hmm. have the job of our dreams have the house and family of our dreams like we we have i feel like part of their trauma and then our own trauma too mm-hmm. and yeah. then you know if we perfect not perfect but if we really work on becoming the best versions of ourselves inshallah when we all have kids they like i'd like to think that eventually as our kids have kids and as the generations continue maybe they won't have the same issues that we have they might have other issues mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean but they won't have the same types of issues of like, I need to make it worth my parents' while for moving here. Like, you know, there's so many things like that you think about. Um, yeah. So, but it would be, my whole point on this is like, it would be great to to have some sort of like, maybe like some sort of like group or whatever for our parents' generation to kind of maybe introduce them to the concept of mental health. Well, I think um, one way they could do that is like, you know, we have we have general lessons every yeah. week. Like, if if the the sheikh can maybe incorporate some of those ideas into but the lesson, but then the sheikh would have to be knowledgeable on yeah, that. Yeah, that's too, the, you that's know? the tricky part, right? Like, they would have to be knowledgeable on it and open to actually doing it. But like, you know, when they're telling, like I mentioned last time, when they're telling these stories about like the prophets or companions and what they were going through at the mm. time and how they express themselves properly, mm-hmm. and then maybe using that as like. Uh, relating it to relating it to it us and be like you know they were very open and yeah. about their feelings and you know you shouldn't maybe uh you maybe you should be more open about your feelings and like you know express but yourself <laughs> that's true you can't just tell mm-hmm. our parents like you should talk more you should talk about your feelings more because they are in their 40s 50s 60s imagine living your entire life being mm-hmm. not ever expressing yourself mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you have some millennial sheikh that's like, let's talk about it. They'll be like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You really have to. Yeah. Or even like, why don't we have unlearn. the conversation with them? Like, Oh, I do. I, I, talk about my, I talk about it with my parents all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like about what's talk, going guys. on with them? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they, think I'm, they think I'm a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it works sometimes. <laughs> no, but it works. Like, yeah. It works more with my mom. And if you're listening to this, mom, hi, sorry. I'm <laughs> but mm-hmm. it works because, you know, like I was saying, our mm-hmm. generation is very about ourselves. And so, you know, you come home from work, you're doing your own thing. You don't really sit with your parents like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what's stressing you out? Am I stressing you out? Is mm-hmm. work stressing you out? Like, what's going mm-hmm. on? Just letting them vent and talk you can see the stress like slowly unloading mm-hmm. from her back, you know? Mm-hmm. And same thing with my dad, although my dad probably, my dad, I feel like is more of the talker than my mom is. So mm-hmm. he'll talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's where I get it from. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. So that's what I'd like to see mm-hmm. in the community. Yeah. What would you like to see Ibrahim 
in your community and in all Muslim communities, yeah. I guess? Um, I like to see, I guess, more open-mindedness from the mosques themselves. Um, I used to have uh, posters, you know, in the youth section in one of the mosques, um, and it was for support groups or mm -hmm. like different types of, so if you struggled with weed, you know, or like whatever, um, just with, you know, contact numbers, you know, that people can reach out and stuff like that, know, know that they're not alone. And uh, I came in one of the weeks uh, and I saw that like one of the, one of the somebody in there like removed all of them you know because they mm -hmm. somehow found that it was like i don't know offensive or inappropriate or something like that you know so mm -hmm. that was kind of disappointing and and like just i guess um here in montreal sometimes i feel like you know mosques don't have that much open-mindedness or just like uh to to, to give us the space mm -hmm. to do to serve the community how we think you know mm -hmm. uh, right for, for, for the resources that are lacking, you know? So that's one thing I, I wish to see, inshallah. But slowly, mm -hmm. more and more, it's happening. Yeah. So I, I'm still optimistic. But one community I've always admired a lot is Toronto, actually. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Miss, Mississauga, I used to go to Isna a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh... so I would see how, you know, like the mm -hmm. sheikhs there were just so cool. And I don't know, I just love the community there, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so I always kind of like aspire. I feel like, Sometimes you guys are a bit ahead of us and we're lagging. Things <laughs> are like the, yeah. the social services, you know, that are offered and like uh, how mm -hmm. relatable, you know, the imams are and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and their ability to connect with the youth. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, just to go back on the intergenerational gap, I feel like it's so true. Like our parents were like trying to survive and we're trying to thrive, you know, yeah. and mm -hmm. like that individuality, that individualism is like, man, it's, <laughs> it's something else. Gotta work yeah, on that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that just like brings a whole other. Yeah, it's like, a whole other conversation. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We exactly. don't have time for that one right now. <laughs> Maybe there'll be a part two of this conversation because exactly. it's really good. But yeah, um, yeah. Do you have anything else to to add to this? No, I'm good. No? good. Right. That was a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah! Thank you again, Ibrahim, for coming on. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Well, cool. Yeah, um, we'll definitely take all your resources you can give us and mm -hmm. add them to our description yeah. at the end of this. Uh, at the um, below the video, the podcast. Yeah, so if you watch this on YouTube, you can see it there. And also, yeah. if you're, I think it will probably be in the description if we can do it on like any of the podcast apps, apps mm -hmm. wherever we're putting this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, thank you, Anwar, for coming and being a guest on our podcast too. Uh, it was good to have like you know multiple voices here you, you mm -hmm. can see that we had like different opinions or not different opinions but different ways of reaching like the same conclusion on how to better yourself mentally yeah um, i just wanted to say again like thank you to, yeah. to all three of you guys for for being vulnerable i know vulnerability is it's not easy mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. on a public platform so um you know we really appreciate uh your willingness to to share your experiences uh, with with our audience uh, hopefully you guys listening and watching have have learned a thing or two or mm -hmm. you know maybe mm -hmm. if if the guys want to reach out to ibrahim we're gonna have a bunch of new clients <laughs> <laughs> we'll see inshallah yeah mm -hmm. um but but yeah so thank you guys so much for listening this week um I don't know if you want to do the outro or do you want me to just yeah, do it? Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> all right, I'm already doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we will leave so all So what's the outro so that we can participate yeah. properly? Oh, we don't have like... We, uh, we don't, all we say is like bye at the yeah, same at the time. But, <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> that's literally it. 
but uh yeah we'll leave uh Anwar, follow Anwar on instagram uh it's the real Anwar Duri, right i'll put it in our description mm-hmm. um our, our description box and yeah. ibrahim doesn't have social media so yet uh, Yet. yet yeah yeah exactly we're working know? on it no, I, I i had actually i deleted it so <laughs> oh no okay we'll put your email uh, yeah. up then there you no go. i don't know if you want or to actually it. no no we won't put your email up my, my bad my bad i don't know if we oh, can yeah? give out okay. emails like that can what, we put whatever, up emails? whatever he wants whatever you're share. comfortable with putting up we'll put up yeah. exactly okay. that was good um <laughs> and you know we'll see you guys next week mm-hmm. um if you like what you heard let us know. We might do a part two and um, we might have them back on if you if you guys mm-hmm. enjoyed the conversation. Um, but until next week. You didn't even tell us. Okay. Sorry. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe Saturday. on you are YouTube. Such a, I like, know. I, I lost my train of thought. Subscribe to us on YouTube. <laughs> yes. You know, we just hit like almost think like 1200 subscribers you mm-hmm. know we're going for mm-hmm. 2000 2000 is next goal inshallah. Yeah, inshallah um you can also follow us on instagram you know cousin connection pod and pretty much on any other tiktok um yeah social media on TikTok? except for yeah. twitter we don't okay. use twitter <laughs> yeah, <we're laughs> you guys should on, get on twitter we're not on twitter yet but we might, I don't we know, might we're do not. It. yeah um, not twitter where it's at there's a lot you can have conversations too right so true true i don't know i've never you know used what? twitter honestly we uh, first I'm of all amir is not amir is yeah. not a big social media person no. and, and i find it overwhelming to, yeah. to try and like she's a host and mm-hmm. social media manager <laughs> 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 it gets over, uh, social media is overwhelming so many roles it is okay I know so I'm trying yeah we're trying we might get on Twitter if there's a demand for it mm-hmm. but um, yeah follow us on, on TikTok on YouTube Instagram and we heard all that okay we guys heard all of thank it. you for listening three two one just uh, all say bye yeah, at let's all say it at the okay, same okay. time okay? three two okay. one okay sounds good bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> sick of being upsold at gyms my guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.